Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. So, are you guys binging anything right now? Mm. I want to see what Reese. I want to know what Reese is watching. I'm curious. He's always watching something interesting. I, I literally just finished Lovecraft. Um, yeah, it's been late. Yes, I didn't it's even know late. you were watching it. Yeah, yeah did you binge yeah. it? Where, like, did you watch it like while I was on, or did you like binge it afterwards? <laughs> um, well, I, I think. I was up to the season finale, like the day it came out. So I like <laughs> oh. um, just found it perfectly. So, yeah. Yes. Um, I am, I watch a shit ton of shows, but I am <laughs> currently watching The Parkers. I'm binging The Parkers. And mm. then I'm also watching um, this show called Hannah and it's on Amazon Prime. So it's basically about this girl that was like kidnapped at a young age and like raised to be like an assassin. And she gets like accustomed back into the world, um, and she like goes after the people that, um, like the like people the the like bosses of this like government system. It's all types of things. So I'm binge watching that, and then I am finishing up the boys. So the boys on mm-hmm. Amazon about um, superheroes, and then a group of people that are trying to like get rid of them because they're not great superheroes behind closed doors. So I am watching those things. First of all, I want to apologize for the background noise because somebody's absolutely cutting grass outside. We don't hear. Our paper mm-hmm. I did. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I am streaming uh, The Real Housewives of Potomac. I started with mm-hmm. season two instead of season one because they had irritated the fuck out of me in season one. I will never forget that. They were just very classist and egregious. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm on season four. I took a break because. It's just so good. <laughs> I just didn't want it to be over. And I'm um, binging half and half because the theme song is so good. Do and actually, the it's one of the best shows that was on UPN. There are really nice, like, nuances um, in the characters that both like each other and don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Sucks. I remember loving her when I was a kid because I was like, oh, she's the underdog. But she's a negative ass bitch, and I'm tired of that. Mona was the curly haired one. Yeah, she. I, okay. I I really like Rachel True. She's so cute, and I do remember being like six or seven years old, and um, I think it was seven, and I was like, oh, I understand what that feels like to get the short end of the stick. But goddamn, girl, like, ooh, <laughs> did, did something good happen to you? It, did you smile today? Did the sun come out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've not started. Well, I've not watched. I haven't even just like started. I started one on one, but I'm saying, Deborah, you got to slow down. Like, I had to take a break on that one because mm-hmm. I already know how I'm about to be. On it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what show they should bring back, y'all? What's that? Eve. What? They Evie should put it on. Evie. They should put on UPN. Evie, oh, they should put that on um, Netflix. She's the yeah. She said that she got. I think they canceled it because she was like not showing up on time and all that. Well, yeah. now she's on um, the white people show, so I hope she's on time for that. <laughs> yes. But what is up, everybody? It is your boy, Lord Deffrey. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create space where Black boys can be themselves and... So much more. So much Woo. more. <laughs> 
Y'all, we have a guest on the show with us. We have our good friend, Reese, our good Judy on the show with <laughs> us today. How are you? What's going I'm on? I'm good. I'm good. Thank Ooh. you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, Debbie has been wanting to get you on here for quite some time. We have been talking about this for over a year. You have been like the literally the like the when we started to get guests on a show, he was you were on mm-hmm. the first batch. But however, mm-hmm. we just had like we had a lot of stuff going on. And mm-hmm. I was like, when we come back, we need Reese. Okay. Yes. We need Reese. On Exciting. Literally not a lie. He has been <laughs> talking about it for so long. It was, and I knew it was never about like trying to organize getting Reese on here because he's pretty flexible about most things. Yeah, not very like strict. So it was literally about like the time and our schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So wanted to ask you because we asked all of our guests this question: What does Black mm. Boy Joy mean to you? Hmm. Well, I feel like I. <laughs> only like only found out what that was like pretty recently into coming to the country like Mm -hmm. Devin has been a great teacher for me um (laughs) uh, (laughs) just being you know comfortable in yourself pride uh, joy of course Mm -hmm. Um, feel a lot of black boy joy when me Devin and Omar will be used to like go out in the club and we're just dancing having a little time and all Did that, that used to yeah so I'm glad that so I'm glad you like said that like you didn't know what that was before coming to the country because that's mm. why we want you on the show this episode we want to talk about um being black in other countries and also like coming to the states and things of that nature so just like what right. that looks like um like cross countries and continents and things I of that nature he's not just mm-hmm. foreign honey he is transcontinental he's transcontinental <laughs> like girl is moving and grooving as you all can tell by the accent as well yeah we really wanted to um talk about about that so that was the reason why I wanted you on the show mm-hmm. not to be like let's expose him no it was simply <laughs> wanted to know your experience so I actually appreciate you even saying like not knowing what that looks like not knowing mm-hmm. that what that was before coming to the states because I want right. to unpack that but mm-hmm. Devin yeah so let's get started with our black boy joy spotlight it goes out to Hari Zayad uh, author artist speaker and screenwriter they um, are they actually just came out with a book. Um, it's called Black Boy Out of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, really impressive resume, actually. Um, also editor-in-chief of Erase Bader. Um, recently, uh, Elise has announced that they're going to be the 2021 Lambda Literary Fellow. Um, you can see their work on The Guardian, Huffington Post, Ebony, uh, Mike, Paste Magazine, and uh, Afropunk. I'm actually like uh, really excited because apparently, apparently, they're also a script consultant on David Ooh. Makes Man, which Devry yes. really loves. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's coming back. If it's not back already, it is coming back season two. So I was really super excited that they were a part of yeah. the whole show. I haven't finished that first season yet, but I had um, gotten to the episode, uh, what is her name? Really, really love her face. Trans woman, she was on um, 
transparent. Yeah, because she was the, wasn't she the, I think, sex worker? Yeah, she she was a sex worker. She also had like a, I don't want to call them a harem of children, but she had a whole community there. um, And one of the kids, I think his name was Star, was Mm -hmm. going to the same place that David was going to. So she told them to ride together. Um, But awesome, 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 awesome work. Um, So, you know, Hari says that they are um, informed by their passion for storytelling. wrestling identity they're a cleveland ohio born black non-binary um child of muslim and hindu parents so we've got a lot of identities yes. here a lot mm-hmm. of different parts to inform their journey um so i i i want you guys to keep a lookout for them because obviously great things are coming yes i'm super excited Ooh. about the book excuse me i'm super excited about the book i'm like i need another i need to read a book <laughs> more books about queer kids queer people just queer yeah. things in general we got what how many we have now Girl, we, we gonna talk about this but like later on too but like there's uh b-boy blues you know it's gonna be a show mm-hmm. it's gonna be a movie movie and we're gonna figure we're gonna talk about that more but shout out to samson mccormick but we are going to definitely Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We're going to try to get him back, y'all. I I was going to say, first of all, I was so happy because I just, I know for facts that is the show that, or the movie he was uh, hinting at when he Mm -hmm. was on that Black Boy Joy last season. Yeah. So shout out to the girls for having little hints, little inside scoops, honey. Yes, but continue. Let's jump into our uh, hot topics for the day. So first of all, Ariana Grande (laughs) Singer. positions drops tonight she tweeted that it was going to come out tomorrow night yesterday yeah um and so i thought it was going to come out i think she said tonight yesterday so i thought it was going to be out last night but it's not going to be out until tonight and ariana keeps playing in my fucking face because she posted (laughs) the video today 11 hours early she literally posted the link and it said premiere in 11 hours and i'm like Ariana, why do you think that is appropriate? You obviously know we're excited about it. Either give me the shit now or wait like an hour beforehand. Stop playing in my motherfucking so, face. I'm at work. Reese, do you like? Do you stand? Are you a fan? Either so. Here's my thing. People, it's either people hate Ariana or love her. Do you? What's what's your spectrum? What's your thoughts? <laughs> um, I feel like I wasn't really checking for her. Um, until like Devin showed me, you know, some of her best, uh, or, 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 you know, what he thinks is her best. Uh, I do enjoy her a lot. Yes. Um, but yeah, lately I haven't been listening to her, but I'm excited to see what she comes up with. Yep, she got it. Come on, I'm ready. Mm-hmm, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I need, I'm predicting y'all, this is R&B. Yes, R-E-M-B. This is R-E-M-B. <laughs> I'm gasping y'all. I have been excited. I like watched all my favorite songs last night. So yes, I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. I um I wanted to say oh did I forget that quickly oh they said this is gonna be a nasty album now yeah. there I don't know if you saw the little fake track list that they had come yeah. out with but I obviously know that's not it but there are reports that this will be her like um sexiest album yet but people think that means she ought to be talking about patting her clit and shit and I just don't see it happening you know Ariana is not Trina she's not <laughs> she's not I don't I- see her doing all of that. I can see her just talking about just like sex more, like yeah, my legs it. open, like just say I like my legs open, like them when they go down. Oh, like earlier with the sweetener, she said something about eating it, and so it's like she just gets closer and closer to talking mm-hmm. about sex more. But I yeah. highly doubt we're gonna get like two live crew raunchy in this bitch. It's just she still got little girls that listen to her, so she mm-hmm. 
and she got these big gays. <laughs> she got little girls and big gays. Somebody said, I'm pretty sure that the majority of her fans are 25 year old gay men. And I was like, I'm 26. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God damn, red me. I am literally the demographic. I am too. We're excited. Looking forward. Friday, come on. And then you next know, week, the I Apple. I to see online that the girls are fawning. I mean, fawning over Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. So he posted, I don't know if you know about this, Reese, because you know, you're usually on Instagram and they're usually like three days behind. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tyler Perry posted a picture of him in these dark gray sweatpants and this full beard. Um, and you know, he was looking hella trade. Like it was really like really, really masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the girls were like, I mean, this is the women and the men. Um, they were really talking about how sexy he is. They were zooming in on the sweatpants, which felt wildly inappropriate to me because I've been aware of Tyler Perry since I was like eight a, and a maybe even seven. I don't know. Way earlier than that got to be. Yeah. So I almost see him as like a father figure. Versus... He was like an uncle. I don't say father. Okay. <laughs> but better, you better, father. more appropriate. Mm-hmm. I see him as like a, an uncle. And so I am not capable of being attracted to him. And I was really intrigued by everyone else's ability to do so. But hey, you know, that's your Jewish. Yeah, everybody was like, yes to him. And then they started to also talk about the guy that wrote um, um, uh-uh. Blackish. <laughs> Blackish as well. I think his name was Kenya. Um, Kenya Barris. Kenya yes. Barris. They was like, y'all sleeping on Kenya Barris. I was like, oh. Oh. So yeah. yeah, next case. Totally. <laughs> um, and on a morbid note, the COVID numbers are steadily rising. Each day, it's like mm. an extra 1,000 or 2,000 people who have died in this country. I was looking at the statistics the other day, and um, we are, I think, the highest of new cases. And if we aren't, then India is. India's numbers are ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. they're just... But I'm pretty sure we are the highest of new cases. Um. And obviously, we haven't done anything that we're supposed to do regarding it. I'm looking, and there are countries that, like, have not had any new cases at all in a very long time. Yeah. Um, some of them are smaller, and some of them are not smaller. Like, some of them have, yeah. like, three new cases, or period. And it's like, damn, all we had to do was stay in the motherfucking house and put masks on. And we were just super anti that. I wow. mean, number 45 mm-hmm. just doesn't believe in this shit either. Like, he's over here... <laughs> doing whatever like he's cut an interview short when people ask him these questions so oh my God. <laughs> we ain't going that we ain't coming back we ain't coming back no time soon y'all uh, honey and honestly it's a shame because dead ass a lot of people have like moved on i said well is it still a damn pandemic if it's just no. us at this point but I, um there are still other countries yeah i, I don't know people are moving like ain't nothing wrong like people are, clubs are still functioning mm-hmm. yeah oh my god atlanta the girls are still fighting in the streets and they're still they partying. The, they said the OnlyFans girl's fighting. Girl, the OnlyFans girl. You know what? I will never, ever, ever, ever take back what I said about the Atlanta gays. You know what? They're funny and all. <laughs> Slightly tacky, but you know, they're very often very professional, which is great. But those OnlyFans girls and the rest of the club girls, they just be fighting every opportunity they get. I'm like, do y'all ever just enjoy each other? Smile, kiki, like damn do y'all all just really hate each other that damn much it was jd blackstone and some little girl that he, I don't think he's they, wait he was the one i was fighting yeah girl, girl and he was defending because you know he and cash de niro um these are 
Only fan, these porn, are porn stars. stars. Just so y'all know. Okay. <laughs> these are porn stars. He and Cash Nero are really good friends. And you know, Cash used to date Rico Pruitt. They mm-hmm. broke up a couple months ago, and that was ugly. So Rico's man, or one of his two, because he's in a thruple, was mm-hmm. fighting JD Blackstone. So JD got the best of him the first time. Even though I'm judging these people, I very clearly watched both fight videos. So you, did. you watched them. <laughs> He was watching it. So they were on live. You know, this is on my timeline. They were on live arguing this morning. And so they met up today and fought again. And I was just like, mm-hmm. just don't have therapists. They don't. <laughs> next case. Look, next case. <laughs> <laughs> so um, awful things are happening in Nigeria right now. Um, I know you guys have probably seen the hashtag NSARS, which stands for Special Anti-Robbery Squad, which I mm-hmm. imagine was originally supposed to be to help um, police the people in a helpful yeah, like way. Help with robbery but, um, and all that stuff. They've been comparing it to like how our um, police system used to be slave patrol so that, you know, obviously transforming the name of something isn't going to cha- um, change the actual system of it. So uh, people have been protesting and they've been like full on murdering them. I saw some, it was, this is a really eerie thing. A guy was like, SARS will not end me. And then, or SARS will not end me. And then, like, three hours later, he was gone. Yeah, it's it's crazy, like, just, like, seeing what's happening. Like, I'm just like, damn, like, they open fired on these protesters. Like, fuck out of here. Like, and we really? thought our shit was bad. Like, we thought mm-hmm. that when the protests broke out in June that our country was, and I mean, they were, was attacking us. But, like, obviously, no fucks are given over in Nigeria regarding the safety of civilians because... I, I don't even really want to like describe it, but I like there was a person hanging over a fire, like yeah. as if they were roasting a motherfucking like bird. Her, was, a, yeah. Oh, girl. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. keep your prayers um, for Nigeria. I did want to mention that Tiwa Savage um, had made a, co- a video like a week or two ago um, calling out Beyonce for not saying anything, which um, <laughs> certainly frustrated Beyonce's fans as well as myself. I'm not going to lie, I was also oh frustrated. Yeah, she was like, I don't care if this gets me blackballed. I guess she was saying, you know, Beyonce has a large platform, so she wanted her to speak on it. But Beyonce has never been quick to speak on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she always takes her time. I, I think she usually tries to find out, because saying something isn't enough, right? She usually tries to figure out who to promote so that you can uh, funnel your donations to. On the she resources. To the facts. Like, you know, she just doesn't quickly respond to things. I mean, we all only recently in the last week or so figured out what was going on like i yeah. saw the hashtag mm-hmm. and it wasn't big enough yeah. for me to like pay attention to and they have been protesting for like two weeks two i think two weeks about it yeah so i mean yeah. so beyonce finally made a statement um her mom this ain't funny <laughs> mama tina was like instead of being a couch activist like oh she shading tiwa mm-hmm. she might have but you know what you don't come from mama tina's kids that's one thing you're not about to do and i don't blame her and you also like my thing about it is like you i would assume that you have a connection because you were a part of her most recent project mm-hmm. that you could have said something behind closed doors and y'all could have came together to come up with some resources right i don't agree with you Beyonce, it's like, girl, it's like you work with me you could have at least some respect to hit me up personally not- she could there's more access to Beyonce has a whole team of people who work in um, initiatives. And yeah. like, so there's a whole person, a whole co- connect that she could have reached out to who handles Beyonce's nonprofit, like community, what is it called? Community building um, mm-hmm. 
part of her brand. So she could have reached out to her directly. Her name is like Ivy or something, um, or the project is Ivy, of course. So it's not difficult to figure out how to work that out. I'm not entirely sure why Tiwa thought it was appropriate to get on her live and say something. But now a lot of people who have um, Nigerian roots are like, you know, I don't want to see Beyonce capitalizing off of um, African, you know, music or art or culture anymore. And I was just like, you know what? Y'all need to direct that energy to where it belongs. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say on you. Next case. Right on Tim. What did you guys think of the Lovecraft finale? Oof. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I was it was emotional, specifically. Mm. Just yes, like I don't want to spoil shit, but like the climax to me, like leading up to everything, I was just like, oh my god, like is this really happening? Like what's happening? Mm. I do like how the end, the turnaround, like at the end, end. I don't, should I like spoil it? I'm like, I don't. I'm, well, first of mm. all, were you surprised by the ending? Yes. Why? I was surprised. They told us the entire show what was going to happen. I know, Literally but. Every step of the way. I didn't want to believe it. I, okay, mm. I didn't, I didn't want to believe that, that that was happening then. Like, I thought that was going to happen like sometime else. I didn't think it was going to happen so soon. Maya mm. Angelou told you when a person shows you who they are, believe them. Believe it, girl. They so told you repeatedly that Tick was going to die. Okay, boom. He said it. So yeah, <laughs> I just was bothered by that because like, I feel like there should have been a power to bring him back. All these damn magic sp mm. spells and stones that y'all was throwing up in this bitch. How Letty could not die. Worth shit. Mm. How they brought this girl back to life. They should have been able to bring Tick back. But do we? Do we want Tick to come back to life? I don't. I mean, look. I thought mm -hmm. you know what, and he was prepared. <laughs> it wasn't like. It was a complete shock. And it wasn't like he didn't think he was going to die. When he was in that um, that realm that his ancestors live in, Yeah, they told him that he was going to die and that, you know, this is what he had to do to protect his family. Mm -hmm. They told her, his mother, I think, told him that, right? Yeah. People told him he's going to die. He said, mommy, I don't want to die. I'm not ready. And she's like, I know, but, you know, this it's going to happen. Gonna you got to sacrifice yourself. That was it. Yeah, I did like the part with the uh, Diane too. Because wait, they because because there was also somebody said that like so he went to the future, and somebody with the right arm that was like cyborg ish gave him the book, and I'm like, it was Diane. Oh, mm -hmm. Yes, it was Diane who gave him the book when he went into the future. Now she up and running dinosaurs and shit. I'm oh, hey, girl, running monsters <laughs> and shit. I'm over here like. I love it. Do you? Do y'all think? Sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You about to go? I'm about to. I was about to go into something else, but Christina, go into that bitch. Christina. Um. So two things. I I really enjoyed her character because we we called her mm -hmm. anti hero, and I think that was true. We did not. We did expect her to turn on them. That was clearly going to yeah. happen. But she she facilitated their journey the entire way, and I don't want to overlook the fact that she, even though she killed Ruby or probably killed Ruby, um, she I think she's alive. I, I think she is too. in a coma and she mm -hmm. did not do she did what she told Ruby she was going to do she protected Letty she said I promised her that I wasn't going to kill you and she didn't yes yeah she, she, pushed, her. she pushed it out <laughs> she pushed her yeah do you, yeah do y'all think that there will be a second series I don't season, season two I don't need it but I do like 
Hippolyta, and yeah. I would mm. see more of her. Wait, Reach, you said you you said you believe so. Come on, let's yeah. Unpack I feel that. like I feel like they will because it's like they've curated a cool world, and I feel like they can get more from it. Um, I know I would like to see more. Probably I, no matter what it is. Yeah. What would you like to see? Yeah. Um, I would like to explore more of like Hippolyta's like realm jumping. That was a really cool idea. That was. We didn't get to we she came back and I just was like, wait, what? Mm. <laughs> I was, was like, wait, she just showing up like girl, you was just on a whole journey. <laughs> she yeah. really is. Well, the yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to I wanna also see if they come back, I wanna see Diane develop more. I want to give more of her. We got one episode of her, but I definitely um, want to see her develop into herself and also like have this like arm and get control of this damn dog. We'll love to see that. We'll love oh to. Oh God, so cute. Yeah, girl, cute. I loved that. Well, not, it's not cute, but the yeah. relationship between D and um, I don't even know what the hell you're going to call that little monster. I don't know. That was nice. And then also like <laughs> what happened with Ruby. I am definitely curious about that. And then also I feel like there should be some things happening where they're trying to bring back Tick. They're trying it, but then they realize they can't because like you said, like shit, like he had to die. So I feel like that should, Letty should, I want to see Letty and his father go on like a trip to like try to bring him back. But Mm -hmm. they all have power, black people have powers now. So like I want to tap into what that is and like a a season where black people are abusing the privilege of all these powers and like they have to stop it. See, I'm, you know, I'm sci-fi. I loved that part that that they had stripped white people of the ability to use magic. I thought that that was the one of the best head nods to both black spirituality, spirituality and black roots in um, supernatural things. Um, And this thing that I've been saying to myself that that belongs to us in the first place. and I, I have always thought that I have truly, I mean, like, those are the sort of things that we were stripped away from when, uh, you know, we were brought here in the transatlantic um, slave trade. Mm-hmm. So our culture slipped away, tri- stripped away from us. And we were taught mm-hmm. that Vodun was, you know, evil and, and any of the practices we did that were non-Christian or non-Catholic were like demonic. Mm-hmm. I like voodoo. <laughs> Bring back the black voodoo bitch. I need some of that. Which doctor? All righty. So let's go ahead and get into the meat and potatoes, as Jeffrey would say, of our episode today. Why we are here. Yes, honey. So I just want to introduce my good Judy Reese. So uh, we've been friends for about three years, and you're coming up on your fourth anniversary of being here, right? Yep. Uh, January 20. Next year will be. Four is years. that like to the states, or is that to um, like? Yeah, that's like the day I touched down in oh, okay. DC. Yeah. Oh, so you mm-hmm. came right here. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Oh, like from Sydney to LAX, LAX to DC. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I know that you yeah, have all that. All that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had some stops. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about like you. I was. Just, I didn't know that you first like lived here. I thought like you uh, somewhere else and they moved, but that's really cool. No, no. I Let's think you met here. in June yeah. or July of 2017 um, and developed a really, really great friendship. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. how many people did you know when I met you? I mean, not a lot here. I was just kind of like chilling with my family, my cousins. Um, I think I had, wasn't sure if I had my first job at that time here with like Urban. Maybe. Well, okay. You were yeah. Working at Urban and um, what's the other place? 
Tilly's, but I did like <laughs> two shifts there. <laughs> yeah. Tilly's the, um, the, the, the skateboarding shit? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I remember you like not caring for that one very much. No. Um, it was like Fredericksburg was like, you know, a customer a day down there. <laughs> which I was living in uh, Fredericksburg at the time. So mm -hmm. in, over the last four years, we've gotten a chance to develop a really, really beautiful friendship. Um, we've got yeah. lots, of, lots of stories since then. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, we want to get a little bit of an idea of the compare and contrast of your experiences in Australia and in the United States, um, and also mm -hmm. how that relates to, you know, your identity, because it's one thing to just be a person, um, a white mm -hmm. person, one place, and then go to another place, and you're not necessarily, and gay, by the way, um, yes. and you're not necessarily experiencing life through any other isms, but um, you've got a multifaceted identity, multi-layered, um, what's the word we use? I, I, I couldn't figure out. I was trying to think about what it is when, like, you're, like, you have a lot of... Intersection. Yes, the inter mm. yes, intersectionality. Yes, That's good. That's so, good. the intersection of your identity, um, yeah. and then and mixing that in with your transcontinentalness. Made that word up, absolutely. So, <laughs> we'll um, go ahead and start in with our questions. So, we'd first like to know, or um, originally, what it was like for you to grow up as a biracial kid, Black father white mother and mm -hmm. your mother is Australian your father yes. is from the United States mm -hmm. it's interesting um I did when I was born I actually did come to live here for a year when I was a baby mm. uh, but then wasn't working out for my parents so then mom took me back to Australia um we lived in a pretty like uh a lot of different cultures where we lived. So like there were definitely like brown people around. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, no one, maybe like one or two other black people, very rare around this area. Uh -uh. What do you mean when you say brown people then? <clears throat> um, like specifically where these people are from or? Uh, is there a particular group of people, like a dominant brown people in Australia if they weren't black? Mm -hmm. If they weren't uh, Aboriginal, they were probably a lot of, like, Lebanese. Um, I found a lot of Asian people from, you know, different areas, uh, mainly. Oh, and, of course, a lot of, like, uh, Torres Strait Islanders, uh, Polynesian. Um, yeah. So... I wasn't like <laughs> just surrounded by white people. It's yeah. like not Australia, not in Australia anyway. So it was like yeah. diverse. Like where you were, where yeah. you were at, it was just like a lot of. It was like a melting mm -hmm. pot essentially. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very that. Um, yeah, that was like my years, and then my uh, like high school career. That was a lot more white because we moved like an hour and a half west of Sydney, the main city where I grew up. And it's like in the mountains, so it was very, very white, Catholic, <laughs> private school. So, yes, that's what when was things that got like? interesting. Um, it was a time, like, <laughs> I feel like I wasn't so self-aware then at all. So it was other people coming to me and telling me, like, it just made me feel different, mm. if you understand. Yeah, so, like... I remember I had this friend um, 
And I was like, I'll never forget. Because she just come up to me and goes, what race are you? And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I'm Australian. Like, <laughs> like, like, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Australian. Aware of race. I was like, I guess a little bit. Like, I, I was always, my mom always told me like, oh yeah, you're, you're African-American. Like you're half African-American. Mm-hmm. But then when I get here, my dad and like family, they don't identify as like African-American. Why? Mm. Because um, they're Caribbean, like that tends um, to Belize. <laughs> yeah. My stepmother says the same so, thing. She's from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. Right. And like dad only came over to the States when he was like 12 or something. So he doesn't, yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> I feel like, yeah, I wasn't really aware of race and like, <laughs> I didn't, wasn't aware of how people perceived me mm-hmm. um, until I got a little older. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just mostly like everyone else, but it wasn't the case. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that for you? Like, you coming from a space where you really weren't, like, thought, you didn't think about race that much, then coming mm. to, like, the States where your identity is the first thing that people are questioning. Like, how did that correlate, like... Was it hard for you to like interact? Was it like people just, you just, yeah, I'm just curious about that. Um, I wouldn't say it was hard for me to interact with people, but I feel like the, it was quite a shock, a culture shock. Um, I feel like it's very racialized here. I mean, mm. I've become racialized as a result. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you came at the beginning of the mm-hmm. Trump administration. Literally, his inauguration, I touched down in DC. Like, no way. Got, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I got off, like, I got off the plane and they're like, red hats. I'm like, what's this about? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. What um, an introduction. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. Um, I remember asking dad about it and he's just like oh yeah there's stuff going on and I'm like okay <laughs> yeah there's yeah. some shit happening so, over here we just need to get you where we need to get you and then we will dive into that later I'm all right, you're right, first right. four years here have been under this administration that's fair huh mm-hmm. you haven't mm. haven't known I didn't get to know in uh, Obama America unfortunately mm. yeah so um I, I wanted to know, did your awareness or your eventual awareness of your Blackness affect your relationship with your peers at all? Peers in Australia or? Um, I believe so because I remember my attitude changing a little bit. Because um, when I was younger, like I remember a couple of my guy friends come a little, oh, do you mind if I say the N word? And I'm like, I mean, I don't say it. Yeah. And I didn't really know, like, the effect it had on people then. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, sure, like, <laughs> sure, say it, just don't use it like, to, like, offend me. Not yeah. Knowing, not knowing anything, like, I was a baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I remember when I went back in September in 2018, <clears throat> some friends just kind of casually threw it in there, like, white friends, and I was like, ooh doing that anymore like <laughs> <laughs> you felt it to, you were like back right, then uh-huh. you're like it's whatever then coming to the states and understanding how people felt about the word mm-hmm. and then going back you're like mm, i don't feel the same way i did no before. you know what's interesting Absolutely. about that is like 
they're not asking each other if they can say that like what is it about mm. why do you want to say it around a black person like it isn't yeah. even like you needed my permission to say it when you were on your own so why do you want my permission to say it in front of my face like what is it about a being around a black person that makes you want to say nigga they don't want you to feel uncomfortable by the no, why do you yeah. even want to say it around you that you have to ask like why you it's are so probably cool. gonna when you're with your friends why do you want to say it around me they want to say it because it's cool to them <laughs> i guess they want black people to see them as cool they want to be like, yeah oh, you want to seem so down <laughs> stay up Please. just stay up <laughs> <laughs> stay up don't give up that but <laughs> <laughs> So um, what are the major differences between Australia and the United States that you've noticed? I feel like, I feel like I've said this to you before, David. Um, but you didn't say it to the listeners. No, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> I feel like America is just like so into themselves, like <laughs> culturally. So like in Australia, we get a lot of media and culture just from everywhere. A lot of it is American. Um, there is, of course, like a pride in like Australian culture, TV, movies, art and all that. Um, but I feel like we're just so blasted with like American media, like movies especially. But like Americans are so like, I don't know if it's like the patriotism but they're just like so into consuming their own culture a lot and they enjoy it a lot which is you know it can be nice if it's a good culture yeah. but <laughs> um that kind of threw me when i got here uh i don't know the landscape from what i've seen i did a little bit of traveling when i first got here um very different uh, i did in my first year, I went to Coachella with my one of my good friends from Australia. Mm-hmm. So we basically did like a West Coast trip, um, LA, San Fran, yeah, and then down south near uh, so Palm Springs, yeah, and done New York with Devin. Uh, I've done the Carolinas. Ooh, so yeah, I've been. Yeah. I feel like I've seen probably more of America than a lot of like the friends I've made here. They keep telling me. <laughs> when you said um, that, when you said that um, Americans are like so into themselves, it made me think. Um, so I'm watching. I watched Emily in Paris, and essentially mm-hmm. this girl from Chicago who moves to Paris to for to work for a marketing firm out there, right. and while she's there, everything is compared to America. And I get it because uh, she's from America, but like it didn't feel like she was trying to grow accustomed to um paris she was just saying like for example she said in paris that the first floor is not called the first floor it's called like the ground and she was so pissed off by that she was like why is it that it doesn't make sense and it's like you have to grow accustomed to these things Mm -hmm. you know like i guess on the show people don't show up on time to work or things of that nature they show up whenever they're comfortable or like work is not i don't know it's like you know i don't know if that's true or not she was just so adamant for European countries. Right. She was just so Mm. irritated by that. And then like she when she finally got American food or talked to an American, she just was like, Oh my God, like, aren't you all just frustrated? I'm like, girl, you came to Paris. (laughs) I know, you You and they home. (laughs) You gotta come. So it's interesting because like I can see that happening to Americans, Americans doing that, being so conceited, but it's like 
I feel like you should like embrace or when you go to another country or when you're in a space, you should like be just so observant of how the culture is instead of just being like, mm-hmm. well, in America, it's like, then go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. America is this amazing? Then stay. So that's interesting. I like can one of the critiques that. of the show that I've, I saw on Twitter too, that they mm-hmm. were just like, she was really trying to mold her experience like yeah. into this American thing versus yeah. just rolling with uh, Parisian culture. Is she in Paris? <laughs> Yeah, she's in Paris because it was even a scene where like the there was like over like a girl was being like over sexualized or she was being like like you know she was being sexualized and she was like well in America that wouldn't work. That's she's right. like that. She's like that's not in America they won't fly. But she's like well in the in in the in the UK I mean in France it doesn't matter like she's owning her body so it was like she was trying to get like in in the states it was always her argument was well in the states so mm. i didn't want to i didn't want to talk about that too much because reese but yeah that, <laughs> that correlation is so like um i'm gonna say that yeah that. and i'm like wow um do you did do you, you have go any like, other differences oh no yeah did you uh want to list any other differences you've experienced um i feel like the seasons here are so like like, you know, it's that season. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really, like, yeah, it gets cold in Australia, but it doesn't really snow where I grew up or lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was wild, seeing snow for maybe, like, the second time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, you just... Uh, and then, um, like, fall. Like, I love fall here. Because um, y'all have the trees for it. <laughs> we don't really. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Do you go home a lot or do you miss home a lot? I don't go home a lot. Um, I remember at the start of the, the lockdown quarantine, mom was like on the phone to me and she's like, you bet, I think you should come home. I think you should come home. Like, what if they stop traveling? And I'm like, look, they're probably going to do that. Don't, <laughs> don't think I'm it's a good idea. Back. Yeah, it yeah. probably wasn't a good idea for me to jump on a plane then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 no. Quarantine there. Yeah. Hmm? So you're gonna have to quarantine there, weren't you? Like for two weeks or whatever. Yeah. So they've set up a thing. You uh, in whatever city like you land in, they put you in a hotel for two weeks, and then you can like you're free <laughs> to roam. I saw another question too. I don't know if it seems like this is too many questions in one, but like, what does like black activism look like in the UK? I'm not the UK. What the hell? Think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I've, <laughs> I've been wanting to sorry, I've been wanting to say the UK, <laughs> and yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in Australia, what does black activism look like? And then also like the media's depiction of that. I'm just curious, like if you've seen that or what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I feel like I wasn't too involved in a lot of activism while I was there. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, there's Black Australia, which is mainly Aboriginal people. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was there, um, there's this area of Sydney called Redfern, and there's a lot of uh, what they call Black housing. Um, and it's where it's just kind of like cheap housing for Aboriginal people, but the Aboriginal people are like, why should we have to pay to live here when it's our land in the first place kind of thing? Okay. And that's actually the first time I saw um, there was like a Black Lives Matter like banner there. And that's mm. the first time I saw that, um, those words yeah. on, on a placard. Uh, what year was that? Oh, it would have been 
2015 2015 or 2016 yeah yeah and it's like it's for a different people there but it's funny how they're using it yeah yeah Uh wow yeah it's dope though like even like you black lives matter like it can mean so many things like even in Mm -hmm. black australia to black people in australia so that's interesting so when you saw that you was like oh all right this is the first time you saw that it's cool yeah Uh i've not really seen it applied to non um african origin people Mm -hmm. so that's that is actually really really dope i mean because who was it andre 3000 maybe why is it that um black people in different parts of the world all experience like the same yeah tragedy i don't Mm. that is not what he said it was just i'm (laughs) not even certain that it was just do those words out don't Don't quote yeah don't quote me on that (laughs) um so um has the trump administration well i guess it has but what are some of the things that you wish you would have seen in, in this country outside of the trump administration <clears throat> like what do you mean so i imagine because you did say you didn't get a chance to see this country prior to trump so oh, right. there are a mm-hmm. couple of things there are a lot of things that have changed because mm-hmm. of that. um is there anything you think you probably would have enjoyed more or less if well, i guess i would not probably not less but <laughs> <laughs> prior to trump being our president i mean it would have been cool to experience, I think it was a while ago, I'm not sure exactly the year, but it would have been cool to experience uh, the marriage equality being finalized and that mm-hmm. happening. What was that? Was that like 2013? 2011? 20, 20, 2011? No, was it early? It was in college. I thought it was in college. Mm. I'm tripping there because I thought in college I heard that and I was like excited during the summer. I think twenty. Girl, then don't get me lying. Just let me look it up. <laughs> I don't listen. I'm not that. You know, I'm not into <laughs> politics. So they probably could have been talking about a, a whole document, and I would have been like, "Hell yeah!" So, right. <laughs> I don't know, but but wait, yeah. Oh my god, that's the interesting. Quality Act was in 2011 <laughs> yes, oh, <history> okay <laughs> congratulations i remember girl. being in high school yeah. and i didn't think it would matter to me because i wasn't entirely yeah. sure mm-hmm. oh but you know what supreme court declares same-sex marriage legal in all 50 states in 2015 so okay that's what i was but <laughs> marriage equality act was in 2011 that's what it was. right like, okay um yeah so i imagine like it would have been cool would it just be a gay american then mm-hmm. like that that victory would have been cool i imagine pride would have been extra lit yeah. <laughs> but you went but to yeah. like the biggest fucking pride you went to world pride what, i did i did that how was, was that so great that was really fun where was like, that at look i'm like where was that at what is oh child i'm thinking it's somewhere like in another country <laughs> it's in the states i'm like where was this at barcelona <laughs> uh, yeah new york no that was really fun um Shout out to Omar. <laughs> Come on. I'm I was in like Vegas, so I didn't get a chance to go. But oh, Vegas was cool. Cute. How was how was being like biracial and gay in Australia? Do they have like clubs that are like specifically black or things of that nature? Like just yeah. If, if they did, I did not find them. Um <laughs> Damn. my right. My Australian gay club experience was just a lot of a lot of white guys. Um mm. <laughs> uh, right yeah i 
Mm -hmm. I worked on like one of the main gay streets in Sydney, Oxford Street. That's like the gay club strip. <clears throat> there were like a cute little venues, like a lot of the hipster boys would open like little underground bars and like they play like cool 80s music. Um, they were fun. I found myself enjoying the older crowds more than the guys my age. I feel like the music was always better instead of just like the oom spoon stuff. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, not not really a, a good space for black and brown, mm. non-white gays. I did not find it. So you uh, <clears throat> experienced a lot more of gay culture there than anything else? Yes, so the, the gay culture was definitely there. I feel like we had our space. Um, but yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't any from any non-white people, yeah. So when you came to the, when you came to the States, was it like a shock? Cause I don't know when your, was your experience like completely different? Like coming here, like seeing gay? I don't know, like seeing just, yeah. I just was curious, but yeah. I believe it was. Um, I remember, I remember enjoying Devin knows that I love Cobalt when that was open oh, in DC. Rest in um, peace, Coco. Yeah. Yeah, I was mad, uh, but I don't know. I liked how well, when I got there, I was like, "Wow, it's like so many black people in here. I love it." Um, oh, it was lit. Oh, yeah, it was. but like it was mixed. It was mixed. It was definitely a mixed crowd. But like yeah. just because of my my experience, I was like, "There's just like so many beautiful black people in here, um, and the music's dope." We didn't. It was so hard to find like clubs that played rap and R and B and stuff like that. So, wow, in in Australia. Mm -hmm. wow they'd have like random parties but never like an actual club that yeah. played that kind of music yeah did they have r&b and rap like artists that were like from australia there um and yeah they, yeah yeah aussie hip-hop and rap it's it's okay it's not like really my cup of tea there are a few <laughs> artists that i like yeah but um they're, they're pretty popular like i've asked around here like nobody knows about them or anything so i feel like i'd have to like <laughs> link some people but yeah I'm, they, need I'm do what they, into it. they need to do what they do with k-pop make that shit mainstream mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually on the ground like people will be like oh i'm like you'll find the cult <laughs> of people mm. who enjoy non-us uh, music right um what has been the most frustrating part of being here and slash the most frustrating experience you've had here i want both of those so the most frustrating is people assuming where i'm from i always get i always get like british <laughs> like i've had a girl come up to me like oh my god love your accent so british and i was like <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, right um and like it might it might just come down to like my grandparents are like from manchester england so my real accent might be a little bit hybrid but i feel like it's not not too much not enough to warrant like being mistaken for someone from the uk it just comes it just <laughs> sounds like you just got money I, that's probably why when you talk, I'm listening to you now. I'm like, what is his bank? What is his bank? What? Is his, how much money he got? It's, I okay, it's the, so I'm so I don't want to cut you off. I'm just mm -hmm. fascinated by it. Just it's it. I think it's the I don't know. Why <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, that's so funny to me. <laughs> 
got Manny. <laughs> no, it just like it's like sophistication. I think it's just associated mm-hmm. with the media. Like right, definitely. An Australian accent, it just sounds way more sophisticated. So that's why I'm just like sure yeah like <laughs> oh, educated all right read money. this book for me <laughs> so I can just <laughs> but continue Reese. i'm sorry <laughs> no you're good um but yeah no that's that was definitely uh, and also like i feel like people people hear me but they're not listening to me especially at work mm. i work in retail h&m so like i have to sign people up for our rewards and I'll, I'll run through my whole little script that I have to say to them to get them to sign up. And then they'll be like, uh, where are you from? And I'm like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take this H&M card or not? Right, right. No. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like they're listening to how I sound instead of what I'm saying, which can mm. be quite frustrating. And I have to repeat myself. That's Damn. a double-edged sword because you've talked to me about also like your accent being the thing that got you the job at Urban, um, yeah. Urban Dictionary, Urban Outfitters. <laughs> Urban Dictionary. So like on one hand, it's like the way mm-hmm. like Devery sees it, like oh you got money, like people are instantly attracted to that and yeah. they want to give you opportunities. Um, and then on the other hand, it's like well damn, now I'm being like I'm not tokenized. He's yeah. essentially tokenized and sure. in that space. Like I don't care what he is saying, it just sounds good. And that <laughs> that's probably that's the issue. Like I don't want you to just think what I'm saying sounds good, which I can name, I just named that, but it's what I'm saying that you all need to can take into consideration as mm-hmm. well. And I think that's some of the states. People just are fascinated with people that have accents but don't okay, now listen to me and take me serious. That's the second mm-hmm. African accent, and they're kind of like annoyed. And Indian accents too. We're not really great about those. Mm. Yeah, um, they have people trash. Most <laughs> frustrating experience. Do you have a number one? Nothing really comes to mind now. Um, it's probably definitely one of those people just assuming where I'm from. I think that's doing this. Like, would you do this? Would you do this to like? someone with an Asian accent or some, yeah, like uh, Deborah was saying, like an Asian or Indian or even like uh, Hispanic Latinx kind of. Good, good question. Right, like. (laughs) I should have named those two, like any, I guess any non-European accent is really frowned upon and then any European Mm -hmm. accent, people are like, where are you from? I think it's also in the States. Yeah, and also in the States, from my experience, I have not encountered a lot of people with the European and Australian accents. Mm -hmm. So that's very fascinating to me to hear another accent that you only see on TV or you you see in media and you see Mm -hmm. somebody in it to everyday person. Like to me, I'm fascinated with that because I'm like, I've, I like learning and knowing that there is like, especially like you being biracial and gay and like, what does that experience look like for you? My life, mm. oh my God, I need to turn on the mic. Like, what is that experience for you? Cause like, I've not, like I've heard from people that are Latinx. I've heard from people that are like African. I've heard from people that are like, I've heard people that are Indian speaking and things like mm-hmm. that. But like, I've not seen people from the UK in the States or Australia here too. And also people in the UK and Australia, I've assumed are very proud of where they come from. Like yeah. it is, y'all. You are proud. You like this is us, and I love that as well. Like the UK is definitely like one of my favorite places to like even like learn about too in Australia because it's just like all these. It just it's like a whole other world, but it like functions. Mm-hmm. 
it functions mm-hmm. like not like America, because look at that, boom. But like <laughs> <laughs> the language, you can you can understand. Oh shit, let me stop talking. But <laughs> I'm starting to be like Emily in Paris. <laughs> But yeah, it's just fascinating no, yeah. to me. I'm just like, wow. Yeah. Aussies are definitely proud of where they're from. Um, <laughs> there's like been this debate whether we have Australia Day. I guess it's like, you know, Americans' uh, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was like a petition to change the date um, because they don't want... <laughs> they don't want to celebrate Australians, like Australia's founding on like where black Australia was, you know, murdered and pillaged. Um, Yikes. Yeah, so they're like, yeah. Oh my God, I gotta research that. Yeah, so me too, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, So yeah, they changed the date just to show like a lot of respect um, for that. Yeah, like like, uh, the colonizers came. (laughs) That's just like how we changed uh, Columbus Day to Indigenous People's Day, I assume. Is that? Uh, Okay. Yeah, we did that recently. Now a lot of people know that. Um, I, for the sake of time, I want to, there's two more questions. Um, What's been the most, uh, what's been your favorite experience so far? And then any smaller favorite things you have enjoyed about the States? My most favorite is just like getting to know my family over here. Um, I mean, we got like I got here and it happened right away. Like it was like we known each other all our lives. But yes. um, getting to know them, hanging out with them, I hang out with them a lot. Like <laughs> I feel like I don't need such a big group of friends here because I have so many cousins um, and I see them like daily. So so uh, it's been my one of my favorite. And, like you know, some of the babies and watching them grow up. Uh, <laughs> And like most of us are here in uh, Virginia, but we do have some like down in Florida, uh, cousins over there, uh, got one in LA somewhere. So we're all over. Did you have a large family in Australia? Not really. It was just uh, just mom, um, her brother, my uncle, uh, my grandparents, and just like, yeah, the few cousins there. So this is an yeah. experience for you. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. nice. You know, I yeah. feel like immigrants in this country have to be that tight knit anyway, because you're like starting a new foundation. Mm-hmm. So that makes a lot of sense to me. My stepmother, um, her whole damn near her whole family came from Trinidad, and they're very tight knit. So mm-hmm. I think that even goes back to what you were saying about people not listening to you, but just they're they're listening to your accent, but not what you're saying. You, mm-hmm. your like cousins and all that stuff like that. You know that's not happening. You know that exactly. they're actually listening. So it's like I'd rather be around these people who are listening and also understanding me instead of just like tokenizing and fetishizing. You know all mm-hmm. the, all those type of things. So I can see that also happening um, in that sense as well. I think that happens in the black community at times too. It's even in space mm-hmm. like. Let's just stick together, but it helps mm-hmm. as well. For sure, yeah, no, that's you got that spot on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very uh, like um, Ari, my probably my from my closest cousin. She she's like an aspiring voice actor, mm-hmm. and like I'll be like teaching oh. her how to pronounce some things. Um, so <laughs> I've been helping her with her all the accent. 
Um, and like, we'll be having normal conversation. She won't hear it. But then like, sometimes I'll say something like very, very Australian and she'll like love it. And it's so funny. Like, <laughs> sure, let me write that, that down. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Can you do it again? I'd like to record. Uh, um, yeah. How have, I think this is going to be the most important question because I don't think I've ever asked you this uh, before. So this mm-hmm. will be a novel answer. How have you changed most since you've been here? Oh, yeah. Um, change for the better, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was definitely having like an identity crisis in Australia. Um, I feel like it was very needed that I come here, meet my family here, see where we came from. You know, I got to meet my grandmother over here. Uh, I mean, I met her as a baby, but listen to her stories like stories of dad and my uncles and aunties um, when they were kids uh I feel like I've even found myself more not just my black side but it's also like being a proud gay man Mm -hmm. um I feel like I'm definitely more out and proud now than I was in Australia um and that's all just because I've seen very visible um, queer people out in the streets here and like mm. very unapologetic and I'm like wow I need to get like on their level um, for myself and like got the other gabies <laughs> the gabies yeah <laughs> it did come at a good time for representation I think that at least is really true because what mm-hmm. you've seen is not historically what my experience was and I'm, I don't know about you Devery but like growing up that was just not true for many of us so i think you definitely came at a good time for lgbtq representation for sure yeah, yeah. but yeah. I, I didn't mean to interrupt i just wanted to point that out good um but yeah no like it's definitely held on the both sides of my, my sexuality and my identity as a biracial person um i feel like maybe when i got here i may have trying to been like throwing myself not too much but just like a lot more into my black side Mm. and maybe maybe like even a little tiny bit of resentment to my white side and Mm. that culture um just because I was learning so much like but there's no the conversations here just weren't happening back home in Australia Mm. so (laughs) I remember sitting in the street with Devin one night and we saw this uh, interracial couple white girl white guy and I was like looking at them and then Devin, I think, noticed me and he said like, oh, um, what do you think of that? Like, what do you think of interracial couples now that you're here? And I said like, like, oh, you know, they're going to go home and make a little baby me. But <laughs> also I'm kind of like, <laughs> um, it's also like a kind of conflicting idea. Like, yeah, I want, I want know black people to love other black people as well as much as possible but, yeah no interracial couples a whole other <laughs> conversation yeah. as well um but no, i thought that was interesting like it is yeah. i think that's good i think that that is important too making people making babies they're liking people that look like you as well like mm-hmm. yes we want to have you know black love and things of that nature but also i would love to 
be transparent, see people that look like me as well. So I think because sure. from your experience, I think that is valid. Like mm-hmm. if, and if somebody did question you for being like, well, what do you, you know, but it's like, because I need representation as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I was, I was interested in, because yeah, I mean, obviously he's been biracial his whole life, mm-hmm. um, but that does t- mean something totally different in this country. So I was interested in how he viewed it after being confronted with the way that a lot of um, Black people feel about interracial relationships. I was mm-hmm. really interested to see how he felt about it after some time here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you say so your favorite the are you've been most changed as a family oriented person is that accurate then yeah definitely think I've found like (laughs) how much I love family like much more than I'm here uh um I feel like I never wanted kids before and then now I'm here and I'm like oh (laughs) like I think eventually yeah I want a baby that for you yeah Give me a baby. <laughs> Did you say Chloe? He's got a little cousin. She's so cute. Yeah. I guess my little, little I, cousin Chloe. Child, I thought about Chloe Kardashian. Let me stop. Girl. I was like, what? <laughs> is this? Okay. <laughs> to each his own. Listen. <laughs> well, that leads us to the end of our episode. Reese, thank you so much for stopping by and giving us some of your time today. I yes. Really, you did so well. You're so comfortable. Oh, my God. Not you did so well. So shy when I met him. I'm not even kidding. Like, he just like, when he met my friends from, like, home, we're loud. And we scream mm-hmm. over top of each other. And he was just, like, almost, he looked like Petra shrinking. Shrinking. Oh <laughs> just like this is something new i look like teeth floating y'all i'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> i did not get up and turn my light on before we shot so oh. when you all watch this live i look literally like teeth floating so. it's only in the last couple minutes though you've been fine though i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but uh yes thank you reese for being on the show and just your, obser- your observations and your thoughts and things mm-hmm. like that being here is really important everybody has different thoughts and opinions and things of that nature we really want to have those people's i mean everybody's opinions on the show um sure. like we always say if people want to follow you on your social media can you give that to us please yes my instagram is reese r-e-e-c-e dot croft like lara croft Cool um, writer <laughs> yes that's me but thanks for having me guys yes and if you all would like to continue the conversation with me and Devin, you can hit us up on our instagrams and twitters or our platforms at for me underscore lord every that is underscore l-o-r-d-e-v-e-r-y on instagram and twitter and you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And on Twitter at Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. And if you would love to continue the conversation on our podcast platform, you can hit us up at That Black Boy Joy on Twitter and Instagram. And if you would like to write in or be a guest or continue the conversation in our Gmail, um, you can hit us up at That Black Boy Joy podcast at gmail.com. And like we always tell you all, we are on uh, YouTube as well. So please like, subscribe, comment, things of that nature with the visuals. Um, and like I always say, be so in love with who you are and take care, everyone. Bye.